0: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hart. Well, welcome
1: to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio. Good morning to you all. Canada, Toronto, friends, brothers and sisters. It is a show about money. A little bit of music weaved in just to give it some flavor and color. Jack, of course, here for the cause. And my good friends, if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. And in life, of course, there are three truisms. And, of course, death and taxes are two of those truisms. We have to deal with death and taxes. And uh, with death comes, uh, hopefully, a properly planned estate. And with a properly planned estate, uh, you need a will. Uh, And so we have uh, David Smith, uh, David Morgan Smith. Uh, He's a litigator uh, with Hull & Hull. Um, so, David, the reason I brought you into the studio is uh, to make sure people don't have to hire you. It's all about not hiring you. I want you to be out of business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, do 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 some greater good. Yeah. But, you know, some, sometimes people get, get into a pickle and they have to call uh, the hitman. I guess you're like sort of hitman and... Uh, you know, uh, try to stand up for uh, people who uh, you know, don't know how to fight for themselves in your world. And again, your world is complicated. Uh, do-it-yourself law? I don't think so. Uh,
2: I don't think do yourself law is such a good idea. Well, it's a good idea if, if you do want to get me work. But Yeah, uh, right, yeah. Do it yourself <laughs> and then you get hired. Yeah. Well, I
3: say We talked to Jennifer Lynch last week about it. And she was talking about uh, people preparing their own wills and some of the pitfalls that, uh, that come along with that. And it's a holograph will where you basically write it out yourself, sign it. And then that's your legitimate will. So I'm just assuming as a litigator, you've seen some of those.
2: Oh, yeah. That, that's a growth industry for us. Uh, holograph <laughs> wills <are> great. <laughs> so if people do draw their own wells, there's a host of complications there. You know, the, the irony of estates is, is the simpler you try to make it, the more complicated it can be.
1: And, and and explain, yeah, and t- tell us example. why, because I, I know where you're going with that, but please
2: <clears throat> tell us why. The simpler the will, the more open it is to being challenged. Well, I think, you know, looking at holograph wills as an example, uh, there's a tendency with will kits and people wanting to, frankly, avoid the cost of making a will and hiring a lawyer to do it themselves. And the problem with that is that there can be tax complications. There can be unintended consequences. An example would be an RRSP. You leave it to somebody. That person gets it, but the estate's bearing the tax. D- David, uh, bravo
1: to you, my friend. I mean bravo to you because you're the first lawyer to actually state that point. And Jack and I are, are, are constantly fighting with clients saying, my good golly, let it go to the estate, play probate. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you give it to an individual, the estate is liable for the tax. And, and their eyes glaze over. They don't seem to understand the concept. So an
3: important that. point there too yeah. it's, you're assuming that the, the person that you're giving to is not your spouse because if it's your spouse then you do get that tax deferred rollover which is very important very key Correct. for financial planning so yeah. if you give it to an adult that is not your spouse then you, the estate has to pay the tax
2: right but that's one unintended consequence that I've seen uh, where it's been to a non-spouse where that person got it tax free that created problems uh, there can be you know joint accounts you know let's get started on that beneficiary designations all kinds of problems where you think that by making a will uh, yourself, you can uh, create a plan that's foolproof. And in fact, there can be, again, all kinds of unintended consequences. I know in the limited time we've got, we can't get into all of them. Uh, but that's why uh, to, to keep uh, clients from having to retain an estate litigator, uh, it is a good idea to get professional advice with planning.
1: Because again, your point is details need to be ironed out in advance of so that assumptions after the fact aren't made Uh, because assumptions don't seem to stick very well in court, do they?
2: They don't. And, you know, a really common assumption is people always assume that joint accounts automatically go to the recipient. And the Supreme Court of Canada has actually said that that's not the case. The recipient gets it legally, but can then be holding it on a trust for somebody else. For the estate.
1: Now let's speak about again because your firm Holland Hall. This is uh, we are speaking with uh, David Morgan Smith. He's a litigator with Hull & Hall. Uh, so if you need to hire a litigator either to uh, I guess defend or uh, uh, charge someone uh, or challenge someone on, on a document, you'd be the firm to hire. So David Morgan Smith, with Hall. Yeah, but anything- your company, sorry, your firm
2: does not yeah. write wills. You, you deal with the aftermath. Our firm is an estate litigation firm and uh, we provide resources to people and we direct people to planning advice. And we do have one counsel in-house who does do will drafting, but my practice is exclusively estate and trust and capacity litigation. That's how we market it and pitch it.
1: So again, so what I'm going to say to the listener right here, right now is uh, David is not, it's not cheap. Okay. David is not cheap, uh, but do you, you get what you pay for. You really get what you pay for. So my suggestion to the audience right here, right now is don't cheap out on a will. Uh, a a good will, I think, is worth $1,500 to $2,500. And and we tell individuals that they have to spend 1500 dollars on a properly drafted will. They're they they do not like the number. They they had yeah, my, my real estate lawyer said if I buy the house, they'll throw the will in for free kind of a deal. Yeah. Not a good idea. Yeah. Again, Jennifer Lynch who Jack brought in studio uh, last week. She specializes in wills. All she does is deals with wills. All you do deal with is trust litigation. Correct. And the, the brand your firm has, David, I commend your firm for it, is you wrote the book on trusts. Yes. You wrote the book on trusts. And and that, that's a very, very powerful statement. but that's what the street, that's how the street recognizes you. Yeah. Uh, my, my kid's hockey coach, as a matter of fact, um, is a paramedic. And as a paramedic, uh, he once had a patient on his deathbed Try to change his will and said, "Be my witness. I don't want my kid to get any of the money. I want to all to, all to go to son B. I want son A written out of the will. Be my witness." And whole and whole got the case. Uh, he had he, well, he had to go in, yeah. in front of a judge and and defend the position. That's right, what he heard. Right, uh, right. So, you know, you, your firm wrote the book. Yeah. So I would Trust say me.
3: bringing this back to investing because uh, that's what we do. Wolfgang, yeah. do it yourself investing. Do it yourself lawyer kit uh, or will kit can be certainly very expensive, and you get what you pay for. So uh, you know, we see a lot of do it yourselfers make some mistakes in the investment industry the same thing happens with Will
2: States. Yeah, you know, the thing I think is always w- with our practice, it's unintended consequences and, and tax issues. I mean, you know, you talked about death and taxes at the beginning, but, you know, taxes is intertwined with all of this and you you know that from your experience as well.
1: Without question. Well, wilderness State Planning is a big industry. Uh, the industry on Bay Street, of course, is now pivoting more and more into that. Uh, as you hire experts, you realize you are end up hiring more experts, but again, it's preventative uh, and preventative can certainly be worth uh, a whole lot more. Uh You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio. We have David Morgan-Smith. He is a litigator with Hall & Hall. We are talking wills and uh, how to properly draft a will so you don't have to hire a guy like David. Uh, But if you do, of course, uh, we can also talk further into that conversation. More of it on Hi-Fi Radio right after this.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: I just came back from Europe. Uh, actually, an interesting story from Europe. Uh, visited uh, Mozart's little birthplace. Uh the town of Salzburg, yes. And uh, Mozart was a thriving artist, as we all know, uh, so much so that he went on a road trip into Vienna and uh, had multiple palaces and apartments and dwellings and business was pretty good. So he overextended himself and overlevered levered himself uh, as rock stars obviously do. And he was a rock star in the 60s or the 17th century. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, but then business got slow and uh, his brand diminished a little bit and he couldn't pay his bills. Poor man uh, basically died a common man. Um, and uh, I think there's some mistakes planning issues to boot with it. But the brand lived on, yeah. it's amazing. How yeah. the uh, current, uh, the current folk of uh, Vienna and, and Europe or, or Austria are benefiting from the brand of uh, Mozart. Right. The poor man wasn't able to collect enough royalties. That's to, true. They right. built. It's true. Just saw Amadeus actually recently. a tri- terrific movie. It, yeah. that actually was filmed in Prague, uh, in the Prague uh, Castle. That's uh, right. right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And again, it's amazing how money talks. Uh, some of the old churches that we saw, David. Um, again, they were they were seeking to build these churches, and they had a long view on these churches. And the st- again, the states back there matter. Again, you know, if you look at churches, they had a six. Your vision to build these churches because again, uh, king upon king would die and the church was still not complete but to right. help fund these churches within stained glass you'd see little advertisements from banks that donated to a, a pretzel manufacturer i was able to hold a pretzel that the, uh, menu, the the company that produced uh, right quite, quite kitschy yeah. but again yeah. i'm going to take you to another trip within my trip to europe and that is i managed to get into the vineland of germany and there i saw multi-generational asset transfer Beautifully done. uh, Whereby there's a Klein Winery, Wolfgang Klein Klein Winery, which my grandfather uh, used to uh, work on, and my sixth cousin now owns, and uh, that is now in the hands of the sixth generation, moving towards the seventh generation.
3: Unbelievable! It really, really is. So again, that's that's a cultural thing, though, in Europe that you see. You see these small to medium businesses; they they stay within the families, and then they're able to do that intergenerational transfer of wealth and transfer of business. Here in North America, you get you get a good idea. I don't know. Three month, three years later, IPO. See how much you can get for it. Put it in the public market. It's just a very different, well, different well, very different culture. I, I, again, yeah. I'll throw
1: something different at you. One of the transactions occurred whereby the that by a family member actually adopted a sister-in-law. I said they adopted the sister-in-law, and you know why? Tax purposes. Yeah. Taxpayer, because the sister in law, mm. I think, owned a, a, a real estate, a, a owned, owned a vineyard, and to get it into the new family, uh, they, the, an adoption had to take place. So they actually adopted the sister in law. They just
2: yeah, yeah. got married, and then adoption yeah, took place. Yeah, it's a little known fact. you know, Adult child adoption actually is legally possible. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, like, it is. yeah, it is. So
1: we were speak with David Morgan Smith. He is a uh, litigator. Uh, for those who don't know, that is a lawyer uh, who will. Uh, Defend uh, any kind of case you may have uh, with respect to trusts and uh, will creation. So again, we go back to the beginning of our show. We said if you you need to, every Canadian needs to have a will, and you need to spend a fair dollar on having that will drafted. Obviously, if you don't have a very big estate, you don't need to spend as much. Uh, But Torontonians and Vancouverites, you know, they they are the wealthy Canadians now, uh, and they have assets from real estate to cottages to RSPs. Throw in a second marriage, ooh, that makes life a little more complicated. Very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And open again for litigation. Ding, ding, yes. ding, ding, ding. Yes. Yeah. So, so David, please, can you te- help us better understand how we can, as a testator, as a person who's having their will drafted, the last thing I want to do is have my plan go awry and burden my, my um, executors uh, with, with, with unnecessary stress, uh, anguish, and, and perhaps cost as well. How do you properly have your wishes Executed and hence bulletproof.
3: And it's not just the executors, it's the beneficiaries too, because there can be a lot of stress brought onto the beneficiaries. You know, you expect to receive a certain amount of an estate. Uh, You may think you're not getting your fair shake. So the the beneficiaries have to be able to obviously protect themselves as well.
2: Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, I think the important thing for anyone who's making a will is first of all, know what your assets are, know where you can find them. Don't send your executor on some kind of treasure hunt trying to find, you know, share certificates, what have you um, know who's entitled to your estate. And most people think, well, whoever's entitled to your estate is the person you choose to leave it to. And it's not the case. You have obligations to your dependents, and that can be spouse, child, grandchild, people who are financially dependent upon you have a legitimate entitlement to expect uh, something out of the estate. And if you don't provide for them, they're going to retain a lawyer like me to take a run at the estate.
1: So what you said there, I, I don't know if the audience really, really heard what you said, But to me, going through my mind is liability with an executor. Becoming an executor is a bag of liability that I don't think most executors really appreciate until it's too late. So
2: please share with us the responsibility of the executor of a will. Pay the debts and distribute the estate. Okay. And so the responsibility is to the creditors, the biggest one being uh, CRA, Uh, any other creditors out there, and, and to fulfill your duty to the beneficiaries to give them what they're entitled to and to be able to account to them for every penny you spend. And some beneficiaries are going to be absolutely ruthless if you have not documented to the penny what you've spent money on and why you've done it.
1: And if they become ruthless, what is their what is their next step? Like, what would they how far would they take that type of concern?
2: Yeah. So, if a beneficiary comes to me and thinks an executor is taking too much time, doing a shoddy job, delaying, uh, being secretive, then uh, it can create an absolute nightmare for the executor. We take a run at their compensation. We compel an accounting. And uh, judges are absolutely uh, uh, ruthless. Uh, sorry, we using that word a lot, but it's the word. Uh, there's just this. Uh, reluctance to give any quarter at all to an executor who cannot account for every penny.
1: Now and again, my, 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 same que- my final question on the executor of a will, because I want to talk about trust in the next segment here, but the executor of a will, all the assets are distributed, uh, Revenue Canada received its pound of flesh, uh, accounts are closed, perhaps took their compensation or didn't. How long does the door of liability remain open for that individual?
2: Uh, well, as far as CRA goes, and you're probably, you'd be familiar with this uh, Wolf game, uh, you get a clearance certificate from CRA that typically will discharge your liability to But that CRA. also takes a long
1: time to receive. It can take a long time. Years. I mean, We're
2: talking years. Well, it can take years, and there could be an ongoing trust, in which case it's, it's a annual thing. So that's one thing we haven't even touched on. But if you've got a, a, an estate with an ongoing trust obligation, this can take years and years and years to wind up.
1: Uh, you've teed me up very well for the next segment, David. So we're going to do that. We're going to get in, into the discussion of, of uh, creating a trust within a will. Uh, there's reasons for it. Uh, there used to be a lot of tax benefits for it, but that doesn't exist anymore. But uh, trusts are created. Uh, what, which, which Canadian family is most notorious right now for a family trust? The Ford family, of course, that's being challenged, right?
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. a big headline
1: story. So more of it uh, on Hi-Fi Radio with. Uh, David Morgan Smith of Holland Hall, right after this.
0: Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640
1: Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is Hi Fi Radio. Yes, end of the line. Yeah, we're all going to the same place, my good friends. Again, my trip to, to Europe was just such a wonderful, wonderful experience uh, in, in, in short order meant to train through four different countries. And, uh, well, in Europe, if you're king or royalty, you get buried in the floor of the church. And, well, you say they're pretty much indefinitely, but uh, the common man, uh, a common grave in Europe, uh, 10 years, and they exhumed the body. Uh, even currently right now in Europe, I think if you, in Germany if you pass away, well, when you pass away you, you, and, and you're buried, uh, it's good for 30 years. If you cremate, you also must put those ashes in a cemetery. You cannot take them home, can't drop them over with so a friend so of mine.
3: So if you're orders, buried after 10 years, what do they do with you? No, thir-
1: 30, I think it's 30 years and then they will exhume the body and then they will notify the family first. And say, would you like to uh, preserve your grandparents or your parents for another 10 years, and you basically pay a bill for every 10 years? That's, that is to maintain the uh, uh, the, 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 yard. Plot, yeah. the the plot. yeah so you, but, see, but in
3: Canada, we don't have that problem. if you if you buy a plot and you put down your money, you get to, you get to stay there for a while. You get the, uh, a you, lot longer. You get the plot for life. I don't know eternity, but yeah,
1: anyways, anyways, uh, it is a sunny day, sort of it's very, very cold here, and uh, the coldness shall break eventually. As the month of May uh, unfolds, uh, maybe not the best discussion for early spring, but just the discussion that we all have to have at some point, and that is uh, the creation of a will. Uh, and if you have assets and you have some issues, uh, direct uh, uh, contribution or, or direct bequeathing of assets is not necessarily what people always do. Some people do want to create trust for minors uh, and trust for Perhaps various family members and friends, um, especially, especially especially when
3: you have large sums of money, right? And you want to distribute it, and you want to potentially save some tax. Uh, like you said, a lot of that tax savings has been um, removed in the last couple of years through Revenue Canada yep. and some of the changes that the government has made. But certainly for protecting, you know, you always talk about if uh, what's the the name the, uh, of the gentleman that may come into your family down the road? If uh, if Bob comes in and marries, buddy. buddy, 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 oh Buddy, yeah, when <laughs> Buddy comes, buddy. oh
1: Buddy. <laughs> Yeah, and a buddy. But let's start with um, David, because again, yep. a lot of people have life insurance, and a lot of people purchase life insurance. The, the, the best life insurance to buy is the cheap stuff, the rental stuff, uh, to fill a need. Uh, life insurance purchasers have needs and they have wants, and the super-rich have wants, and that's tax minim- minimization. Um, but average Canadians who have debt and who have young ones at home, minors, uh, need insurance. The same way you need a driver's license, you need to insure your house, you, should need, uh, you, you need to insure the asset that is actually most valuable, and that is the, the working individuals in that household, um, uh, to a factor of about 10 times your income. So, if someone's making hundred thousand dollars, they should have, and they have dependents at home who are minors. They should have about a million-dollar life insurance policy. Let's say they take a trip to Europe and the plane goes down. They're on that new Boeing, and all of a sudden, insurance policies pay. Yeah, um, and the money has to now go into trust for a minor. Um, let's assume that there is a trustee that has been named. Let's talk about the responsibility of that trustee and the liability of that trustee, so that one, of, so that Johnny. Who, or, or Mary, who was influenced by Buddy, maybe too young, but never know, kid at school, hey, right. you know, I want to buy a new vape pen, get your parents to give me more money. Uh, that's what kids are doing right now. You know? they're, they're vaping, those little yeah. buggers. Uh, so no vape pen, right? So how do we prevent the trustee from not distributing money to the vapors?
2: Yeah, so, so uh, there's, there's something called incentive trusts, which uh, are more and more popular, uh, which involve uh, some degree of dictating the kind of behavior that will be rewarded by the trustee. And paid out of the trust. Um, there's all kinds of uh, purposes of trust, but at the end of the day, a trustee. Uh, and, and there was actually a big debate within the estate bar as to whether a trustee and an executor, or whether an executor is always a trustee, and uh, that created a bit of a, a stir within my uh, part of the uh, the litigation bar. But, um, you stirred up the bar, did you?
1: <laughs> You're <boy>. I my mean, <laughs> yeah. kind of a guy. But it's, it's interesting you make that point because yeah. an executor from my lens has a temporary role. The liability could be extended. and I haven't really concluded how long the liability door remains open. But a right. trustee perhaps could have 10, 15 years of work and involvement
2: uh, with the beneficiaries. That's, that's right. And, you know, we've all heard the term fiduciary duty and fiduciary of course is, uh, you know, the, the Latin origin of the word trust, right? So in terms of uh, a trust obligation, the highest duty, uh, that can be owed to a beneficiary is this duty to account, to be able to, uh, uh, comply with your obligations. And when you're acting for the benefit of a minor, uh, then it's, uh, a, particularly onerous obligation.
1: Well, is that not also when the children's, uh, what is it, the children's? Children's lawyer. The children's lawyer right. gets involved. Yeah, I so
2: see. used to be called the official guardian. Now it's called the office of the children's lawyer. Yeah, and, the office of the children's lawyer. Right, yeah. and so that's the body within the attorney general's office that looks after the legal interests of minors. And and all minors in the province are under the purview of the children's lawyer.
1: Yeah, Jack and I had a situation where a, uh, a client with, uh, mm-hmm. passed away. And uh, the uh, trustee that they named uh, basically rescinded from their obligation. And uh, it it went
2: to the children's... uh, The public guardian and yeah, Yeah, Um, the public um, guardian. Which which I don't think
1: was necessarily the best outcome.
2: Well, it's uh, not. And they don't want the job. You know, let's be clear. You know, they don't really have the resources to want to do this. The preference is always that a family member is going to do this. Uh, But as last resort, the government will step in. Yeah. And again, I
1: might, if I may just add to it, uh, if you are taking on that role, uh, I think proximity uh, to the family is very, very important. In other words, uh, you know, one of my best buddies is out of province, uh, so I, I could not use him. Yeah. Uh, even if I wanted, it just would not make sense. Again, the type of law you're discussing is provincially legislated. Am I correct?
2: Absolutely. That's a, you know, it's an interesting point, uh, which is uh, one of the first things we learned in constitutional law is that, you know, the separation between the federal government and the provincial uh, government uh and, and certainly this area is entirely governed provincially so every province has its own legislation the trustee act is an ontario statute each province has its own legislation correct
1: a uh, pop quiz for the lawyer here do you have yourself a will do i have a will? yes yeah. uh, yes boy <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask right. a question you know a, you, you know how many lawyers don't have wills. yeah yeah let, let me ask you another question here how often and maybe you don't have the
2: stats on it is a will challenged it's pretty, it's it's not uh, terribly common. I would guess, I would hazard to guess that it's well below 50%. And, oh,
1: uh, oh, oh, oh <laughs> that's comforting. Oh my God, I got to chill up. 50% RJG, that's yeah, good.
2: Yeah, no, in all seriousness. Are you it, kidding? I, I would, no, I, I expect it's probably less than 10%. I mean, look, that's... with a good estate plan, it, there's wow. no reason that will should be challenged. However, another interesting way to approach it statistically would be to say, If a parent disproportionately benefits one child as compared to another, then you are probably approaching much closer to 50%. So let me ask the question. Johnny's been a bad boy.
1: He's vaping. I say, Johnny, you're done. I'm writing you out of the will. What would be the success of that if Johnny hired you and said, no, no, dad, I'm going to challenge this. You're dead and here I come. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I think that re- David guy. Like David guy knows what he's talking. I about. think it would
3: really depend. It. I'm not a lawyer, Wolf, so yeah, I yeah, qualify this it. one. But anyways, uh, if he's a dependent, it makes a big difference uh, as opposed to an adult uh, child.
2: Talk to that point, David. Yeah, excellent point. So if the kid's under the age of 18, uh, Johnny's in great shape. <laughs>
1: vape no vape? Oh, no. <laughs> really, eh? And they're the ones who are vaping, those grade 11s are
2: vaping. There's yeah. an
1: epidemic going on here. Yeah, if you're um,
2: supporting him and he's a minor, he's going to be seen as having an entitlement.
1: If he's 25 or 30 and you don't like his spouse, you want to...
2: No, nah, it's a whole different ballgame. Then you're in a much better position. And if in your will you say, I'm cutting Johnny out because he's vaping and I'm leaving him a dollar, I'm leaving him $10 and I've given consideration to this, uh, he's going to have a tough time. Unless uh, there's capacity issues for the testator or unless somebody forced you to cut Johnny out. Let's say your wife or somebody said, you're going to cut Johnny out. And even though you really didn't want to, you were forced to. And, you, and I could prove that. Then I could say, well, you were unduly influenced to, to make that. Right. Well. Undue but, influence. I remember that. From yeah. Remember so that's a, that's a whole different area. But, uh, you know, that's you, you as a testator have freedom to leave your estate to whom you want. And if your kids act badly and they're adults, uh, you can legitimately cut them out and there's not much they can do about it.
1: Uh, That is David Morgan Smith with Hall & Hall, uh, a trust firm, a firm that, uh, well, they can help you if you want to litigate. Uh, That's what he does. He's a litigator. And you every now and then need someone like that in your back pocket. So it's uh, great to know you, David. It's a real pleasure. Thanks so much, uh, Wolfgang. And may you... uh, May you have a sound will. Um, bulletproof. It's all about being bulletproof. A direct bulletproof financial plan. Bulletproof will. Uh, work with the experts. Get it done properly. Pay a little more, uh, and you'll save a lot in the end. I believe that.
2: I think it's good uh, advice. We're
1: going to talk with uh, a very cool brand. Uh, it is A and W. But I'm standing up right now, by the way. I can be the bear. Uh, but the A&W is like so on trend. Um, it's all about these uh, Beyond Meat burgers, uh, plus a whole lot more. Uh, we're going to speak with Don Leslie uh, on Hi-Fi Radio right after this.
0: Money. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
4: Hey, let's all go to A W.
2: Food's more fun. Or maybe two or three the from the burger family
1: Okay, that's got to get rewritten, my friend. Uh, we got to throw in that Beyond Meat Burger, I guess, in there, eh? That is uh, Hi-Fi Radio. Wolfgang Klein, your host. Jack Hartle, in for the cause. I just got back from a European vacation. I saw a lot of KFC in uh, Europe. Uh, no A&W. Got to speak to my good friend uh, Don Leslie out in Vancouver. Uh, CEO, correct, or CFO of a and C- CFO. You're the chief financial officer. I'm looking at your financials, my friend. They look pretty impressive, I must say. Uh, your revenue growth just continues to chug along. Uh, your last quarter, same store sales up ten percent. You know, in the restaurant business that sells burgers and fries. Let's face it, that's what your company does. You sell burgers and fries, and we own your stock. So you can, I can say, I say that they can sell say, like,
3: burgers and fries, Wolf, but they're doing it different, and I think it's, it's showing up in the numbers there. That's what you're seeing.
1: You you really are doing things different. So, is Don? I commend you once again. Uh, you must have a lot of fun working for that very cool uh, sort of Canadian iconic brand. But actually, you, you have your roots in America, don't you?
4: uh you're right, actually a hundred years ago, the first a n w opening uh California is a root beer stand but uh w in Canada since the seventies has been completely separate from that original brand in the u s uh so we look after things. We own it. We control it. It's a Canadian business now. And uh, obviously, as you mentioned, very successful, uh, particularly in the last few years.
1: Hey, let me ask you a question. i ask you this question now, David. Did you get yourself, because you do business with Beyond Meat, did you get yourself a little of that Beyond Meat stock? That IPO was hot, hot, hot. <laughs>
4: no, I wish I had, actually. Uh, it was certainly a, a, a great stock. And obviously, there's lots of references to A&W through their... Uh, material because uh, they really helped, I think, put Beyond Meat on the map with the success of Beyond Meat in our uh, restaurants. Right. Um, I would
3: say we do own the stock, so we should qualify that just so that the, I, listener, I, I, the I, listeners I, I, that. Okay, I good, told the
1: listeners, there's two qualifications. Actually, we're being, being compliant. Uh, we do own a stock. Yeah. Stocks had a great move, I must say, and it just uh, certainly woke up. I've seen volume. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, well, the, it, the, it, the one point no, I was going
3: to make is the fact that you are getting the tailwind from that Beyond Meat burger. Because, uh, you know, I think I even saw some U.S. articles coming out saying that if you want a boy to play Beyond Meat, uh, you can do it up in Canada through A&W cuz you guys have is it an exclusive uh exclusive contract that you have
4: to sell? Uh it is not. Okay. Uh it's starting to show up in a few other locations. Um we did for a, for a while, but uh really it's the the recipe and the relationship that we've got that's really making it successful for us here and uh obviously we've Food quality has always been a high point for A&W, so it fits in well with, uh, with what our guests are looking for and uh, with our strategy. You
1: right. know, a friend of, a friend of mine, Don, in our office said to me, he said, you know something, if, the, if, if Canada could only be run as well as A&W, they said that to me. Again, kudos to, to you, Don, and your company. Um, you yeah. know, same store sales up 10%. You're doing a whole lot right. Um, this neat little story that got tucked in, and I and I think this was actually in front of Union Station, uh, when you said farewell to the last plastic straw. Um, and Absolutely. That was a yeah. brief, please talk, talk to us about that campaign, because it, it was very colorful and, and, and quite moving, I shall say.
4: Yeah, well, I hate to use the word campaign, because it's a. Uh, it, it really came out of a strategy, which is, how do we improve uh, the environment? How can we be more sustainable? And uh, for us, uh, 83 million plastic straws uh, are, um, were being used every year, and we thought it, there must be a better way to deal with it. Anyway. At, at a- um, sorry, at
1: A&W alone, 83 million plastic 83
4: million straws? Just
1: 83 million a- straws. At A&W alone? alone. Yep. So so interesting. Again, I'm going to throw back to you, Don. I was skiing in Kelowna, B.C. I uh, went and saw my good friends out there at Kelowna Radio 1150 in the wonderful town of Kelowna, B.C. skied big white. And, uh, you know, when I ski, I, drink a, a, I have an odd drink. I don't drink anywhere else, and that's a Caesar. I don't know why, but Caesars and skiing seem to work, as do white Russians. Uh, yes, they do. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Uh, but I could not get a straw with my Caesar. And then when I asked for a straw, th- this thing came to me. It was either made out of metal or... Reinforced paper that was nuclear. It felt like I had a. So, it, why, hold it on. Like, why, why, it was like why, kryptonite. Why
3: do, you, why do you want a straw when you're having a Caesar? Do you not want to get the the, the rim salt? I cannot like handle it.
1: No, I cannot handle it. Plus, you got chap lips from skiing. The rim salt. It doesn't work. <laughs> okay. You, you need a straw. But, but 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 no. My point is, and I don't. I'm not sure what type of straw you're offering the consumer. Uh, but back, my my father used to work for Pepsi Cola, and back in the 50s and 60s. Okay, I'm date myself. Late 60s, early 70s. He came home with straws from Pepsi, and they were thin paper and they worked for about 20 minutes and they sort of disintegrated. But the new straws that are being made, they, th- they seem to be as indestructible as plastic straws. So I don't know if in fact, and I, and I noticed it in BC that of all places, BC is greener than other parts of Canada, I believe. That's where yeah. I had my first veggie burger actually skiing at, um, at Fernie BC. I had a, virgi- mm-hmm. a veggie burger back in the I'd say mid-90s and it was very different. Your product now is a pea-based product. Yes, it's made from peas. That's right. uh, so yeah, but so the, talk to us about straw—the the basic paper straw,
4: straw. Our ours are uh, break down fairly quickly. They're compostable, so you know you can throw them in with uh, other food waste, and they break down quite quickly. And we, do you know how quickly? I'm just curious. Uh, I don't actually know, uh, but I do know it's fifty years. Um, no, much quicker than that. I'd I'd say. Uh, Probably weeks or months.
1: Oh, because no, what was the story with plastic straws? I caught that oceanic uh, biologists or marine biologists yeah. were concerned about them getting into whales or something. I'm not sure uh, why well, they it's, push it's back the on whole, straws say It's so the much.
3: whole plastics industry, not just the straws. Out there, I know. Right? That's they're, just, they're, I, don't, the, I don't know what the yeah. data is, but there's a the. the but number why straws is... over plastic bottles? I think well, I I think that they're not attacking yeah. all but uh, people are saying you know what there's so much waste and, and we're dumping so yeah. much in our oceans that uh, it just doesn't make sense at some point.
4: Yeah, if you come into uh, one of our restaurants, uh, not a shopping center but a you know a freestanding restaurant or what have you is we've been able to reduce the waste by eighty five percent when you come in to eat. Eighty five so, is
1: that right? Eighty five percent.
4: Yeah, we've got a, gl- that's a nice Frosted, nice frosted uh, mug. I love them. buy I, I
1: actually bought one up in Aurelia. I bought two yeah, actually. there
4: you go. It's and, collecting dust on uh, my beer shelf. You know, we serve the uh, the burger in a simple uh, piece in a sleeve paper bag. I like that. I like
1: and, that little sleeve. That's very nice. And
4: a uh, wire basket. I, um, I love the wire basket. For the french fries or onion rings, and yep. there you go. Yep, so yep. It's, well, hold on, uh,
1: someone's uh, knocking at our door. You said this food, Don! What a nice guy! <laughs> thank you for that. Oh, yeah. my God. Look at The
3: funny thing is, a lot of that is just common sense. People like to use a glass mug, right? They don't want to use... Absolutely. You know what I mean? So they want to use dishes. They want so, to use plates. They want uh, to use... Cutlery I, I mean, I mean in Europe. No, I'm in Europe. So my point is, common sense isn't all that common, wolf. It
1: is not that that's common, and, and I agree with you, you know... Uh, I like food. I, I, my senses are, are, are quite sparkling. And when I was in Europe, I had some sparkling wine. A wonderful sparkling wine. Beautiful rosé. Very, very fresh. Uh, they said, hey, well, if you want to take a traveler, here's a paper cup pouring the traveler. And I said, And you're, you're taking a little bus trip from here to there, so you can, no problem. If you're, you can do it in Europe. I love it. Uh, so I poured it into a paper cup. It did not taste the same champagne or sparkling wine does, needs to be in a flute. You put it in a paper. I'm telling you, you laugh at me. I, I no different. I, I Your your, re- yeah, root beer tastes, your root beer tastes a little extra special out of a bottle. It tastes a bit different out of a glass mug, but out of a plastic yeah. cup, no. It, so it, 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 so it, with it, all
3: your travels, Wolf, you got tips for wine and you got tips for Caesars when you go out west. That's good. I like it.
1: Yeah. I've, I've only begun, buddy. I'm <laughs> telling you, I've only begun. Uh, we do got to pay uh, pay some bills around here. Yeah. And so what we do is we run a few commercials. That Lane W jingle your, that was a freebie, buddy. Uh, it's okay. Appreciate like that. It? No problem, no problem. Um, more with uh, Don Leslie with A&W, one of Canada's coolest iconic
0: brands, right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more
1: money? this
0: Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio
1: 640 Toronto. Yeah, the AW jingle from way back when with the big. I, just, I can just picture the bear. Picture the big, big bear. Uh, when I was in skiing at Tremblant, the uh, Tufu uh, was a big bear. A little mascot at the bottom of Tromblant. And uh, so I asked Tufu to come to our room. And oh. my daughter was, I think at the time, four. And so we went into our hotel room and there was Tufu sitting on a bed waiting for the kids. They freaked out, went mental. Uh, could you imagine if you took that little bear on tour? I think you shared that little mascot. Uh, get the mascot going across the city. Do some live radio remotes and people can meet the mascot. That might be your next marketing uh, ploy. But you guys, my, my question to your company is innovation, innovation, innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, you're being, you are being you. are innovative, but then what happens is the grill is copying. And so the researcher on the street is saying, hey, if you want to play Beyond Meek, take a look at uh, QSR. Because uh, QSR, Quick Service Restaurants, owns the likes of uh, Popeye's Chicken. You may not be excited by that one. It owns Tim Hortons. You love Tim Hortons. But it also owns Burger King. Uh, and they so,
3: have, I think it's called, is it the Impossible Burger that they're looking to launch in the U.S.? I've heard that. The
4: Impos- yeah, they've launched the Impossible Whopper or something like right, that. Okay.
1: So uh, what do you think? Uh, are they going to expand the category, or are they going to uh, eat your lunch? <laughs> no pun intended.
4: Uh, I think it's going to expand. I think there's a lot of people that have been uh, un- unserved, uh, you know, looking for options, uh, flexitarians, pescatarians.
1: Um, yeah, and- Jack meant to buy some Beyond Meat Burger at, what, uh, Costco or something, Jack, or Sobeys? Or, yeah, I
4: yeah, actually just found out it was in
3: Sobeys. And then uh, sold out. My wife yeah. sent me to the Sobies to pick it up. I went there. I think it came out on like maybe two Mondays ago or something like that. Anyways, I went on the weekend, and yep. the guy said they sold out. Whatever they got, I think it was like a hundred yeah. cases or something like that yeah. within a day. So, yeah. so I would. And he said, if th- I want them, we better show up like the day they get the next delivery.
1: So Jack had an idea. It's Mother's Day weekend, by the way, um, Mama. I miss you. Uh, if you are our mother and you, you deserve to be spoiled, uh, boys and girls, you take care of mommy. And mommy loves you. Uh, please spoil her. And so Jack wants to spoil uh, Kate. Uh, hopefully, Kate doesn't hear this because she's going to ruin the surprise. To wolf, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but tell 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 tell, tell, uh, tell Don Leslie of A uh, and W the CFO what your plan is, Jack, because you can't get them to the store.
3: Oh, I, I don't know if it's actually legal. I don't know if you're allowed. Hey, to, illegal. I don't, you know, I don't know if you're allowed to serve uncooked burgers. So I was going to go to A and W, ask them if they give me a patty. And then I go home and cook it on the barbecue. So an uncooked a, patty. As, as much as I like your burgers, I think I can do a better at home on my Napoleon. So would you sell them an uncooked patty? <laughs> no. You won't sell them sure. an uncooked See, patty? Agile. No. Uh... Uh,
1: so it has to be Sorry, cooked. I want that thing rare. I said rare. <laughs> <laughs> no.
4: Uh,
1: it, it, it's just no. it peas. Peas in a pod.
3: Yeah. I'll I, talk to the local franchiser. Maybe he's a little more flexible. Yeah, a-
1: apparently the um, that Beyond Meat company, uh, the stock ipo would at, at X. Again, I
3: was $25. But
1: at 25 That was the, the st- IPO
3: price. It opened up. I don't know what opened up right at the open, but it's it's up about 160%.
1: 160%. So then the valuation of that company now, it exceeds all of the P manufacturing, I think, in America.
3: In the US, yeah. It doesn't make sense. So I mean, it's like a $4.5 billion company with, I think, $80 million in sales, which mm-hmm. in terms of multiples, what you pay for the, the stock yeah. or the sales is honestly off the charts. You don't even pay that for a high growth tech company.
1: Yeah. Hey, are you. Going by the way, on a different note, because I am curious, how much more innovation is up your sleeve? Because you guys are innovative. That, that's my whole point. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're innovating, and they're copying. It's sort of it's almost it's almost what what, what Donald Trump is complaining with the Chinese. Yeah. American well, that is one and, of the
3: benefits. If you want to if you want to innovate, uh, small, nimble. You don't see these big behemoths yeah. trying all these different things, right? What they're doing is exactly what you're talking about. They go out and copy once they see that it's a proven. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to have you don't want to make the mistake of new Coke, right?
1: No, so yeah. you, they're all copying you, but so I want to see you benefit. I'm a shareholder in your company, yeah. and, and I want you to see you maximize this, the innovation. Well, even,
4: even though we're the, uh, we're the fifth largest restaurant brand in Canada now, we're still actually fairly nimble. And uh, so we were able to, uh, we got to looking at Beyond Meat, uh, I think it was about December of last year, and it was in our restaurant. That's so quick.
1: That, that's impressive, yeah
4: that was incredibly impressive and and you know and we've been on the leading edge on so many things whether it's our hormone steroid free beef antibiotic free chicken you know,
1: it's you are uh, ahead of. I'm seeing McDonald's television commercials right now saying they're using 15% less carbon in the raising of their cattle. And I immediately hmm. thought about you, because uh, again, again, you're so ahead of the well, curve. They wouldn't
4: so, be doing that if it wasn't for us. That's I, I believe that.
1: I, I totally believe that. Um, yeah. but who's going to ultimately benefit McDonald's or you? Ultimately, I think in dollars and cents, it'll actually, it'll probably benefit them more because of their pure scale of about 30,000 or 35,000 uh, internationals. Again, traveling through Europe, I found a, a number of McDonald's locations all busy and all actually respectful to their local community in terms of how they incorporated their logo and their brand. They weren't disrespectful. I would say they're highly respectful. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of the the A&W brand, uh, again, I saw Tesla locations. Tesla's been in business for 10 years, and I saw a great Tesla uh, location in Vienna. A&W, can you take it to the world?
4: (laughs) Um, I'm not laughing. So, I'm serious. Well, it's uh, for us. Uh, Canada is still a great market. There, the only thing that holds us back is whether ANW is actually a registered trademark in any of those other co- uh, countries. Mm-hmm. You know, so in, uh, if in Austria or Switzerland nobody's uh, bought the brand or you know established the brand, then you know that's a place we can go. That's certainly not anywhere near our radar because uh, there's still lots of opportunities for us in Canada. It's amazing. because if, you, if you
3: haven't saturated a market, why would you go abroad? Because you're just going to spread I mean, yourself. No, too fair there. enough.
4: We're a very strategy-driven company, and it's really about what's our strengths and what's the opportunity. And we see a great opportunity in Canada, and we're really good at it. You, you, you I think so. you
1: are very good at it. Hey, Don, do me a favor. Can you, can you hang out with us for another hit? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just really, really digging uh, the company, and uh, I, I think I need sure. to tip my hat to A&W. Uh, but also, am going to ask you if I should be selling the stock because it's getting a little stretched in here. But we're going to pay some bills. You think about that question. And I'll get back with Don Leslie from A&W right after this.
0: Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
3: Ottawa is a mighty good town. They never turn a maple leaf upside down.
1: And I guess A and W never turns a W upside down. Hey? No. No, you can't turn that W upside down. That would take a wolf to a mof. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Mof. No, we'll leave with a wolf. A uh, and W, yes. Uh, hey, by the way, you introduced your new bistro burger. I never caught that one. Uh, that's probably mm-hmm. got some beef in it, I'm hoping. I like beef, yep. my good friend. Uh, so what's the bistro burger all about?
4: Uh, you know, I actually haven't tried it yet. I was going to do that this week, but it's got uh, some nice uh, garlic aioli and uh, fried onions and some um, arugula. So it's, got, it's a really nice taste. What kind of lettuce was that? Arugula. arugula.
1: There you, there you go, go. Don. You know I'm How going to good? I'm going to George Brown Culinary Arts. In fact, I started yeah. my Northern Italian cooking session on Saturday. Oh, good. Yeah, so I know what arugula is. Um, yeah, I had some amazing uh, uh, little uh, paninis, uh, shall I say, uh, little submarines if you want to call them in Europe. Throughout Europe, you get a beautiful baguette. Uh, they put some quality Swiss cheese on it. They put some prosciutto on it. They put a little bit of arugula on it. Maybe a little bit of. Um, uh, prosciutto, uh, br- br- brusqueton, you know, little tomato mm-hmm. diced up, and that's it, and that's about f- probably three fifty euro. We about five dollars. It blows away anything we have here in North America. It is crunchy. It's fresh. It is delicious. Uh, it doesn't fill you up. So much better. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Um, you know, I, when I go to, Sa- I'm not gonna mention the name, but I, I always crave a certain type of burger when I'm, when I'm away. I don't know why I do. And it's, it comes from a company with a big M in front of it. And, you know, I'm always disappointed. My best burger I ever had for, in McDonald's, I kid you not, was in Barcelona Airport. I come back home and I, I, I'm disappointed. I think they pre-cook it. I think it sits under, it sits uh, somewhere warm because the bread, the bun gets, it just doesn't it, doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me anymore. Your company continues to, I think, be very, very consistent. So much so, Guess what, you won over my kid Uh, My my boys as a matter of fact Actually all three of my children love it Jack continuously boasts So you have the millennials Generation Y I believe they are And you're also getting generation Z I guess Mm -hmm. then we have to start back to generation A Oh A, A and W, that all works Yeah, you can get in yeah, Generation Eight yeah. too. Well, you know yeah. it's it's very. Important. But so how do you, how do you do it? Like how do you get the millennials? Jack says
3: you know it's a huge demographic. People don't, big, realize, how, how I say, burgers, people don't realize how larger. powerful it is because they are larger than baby boomers and they are actually entering those those years where they you know form families and then they you know go out for dinners and they're looking for that experience. So how are you providing yeah. that for them, Don?
4: Well, interesting. You're reading in our strategy document. It's the. Uh, you know, for us where we were focused so much on boomers is really it's the millennial generation that's growing, that's, uh, you know, building careers, building families. And you really have to do what appeals to them because uh, they're the ones who need the speed and convenience of quick service, which is really what the, the business we're in. And so you look what's important to them. And for them, food quality, source of the quality, the environmental companies that are doing the right thing are all very important to millennials. Uh, it's not just about how cheap and how much can I get for my uh, for my dollar. It's really they want to be associated with companies that are not just uh, saying they're doing the right things, but are actually doing the right things.
1: So my boy and, tends to uh, have his friends over. They watch a little hockey in the basement, and all of a sudden, I get a knock at the door, and it's Uber Eats. Yep. And uh, it's A and W. So that's that, that's that's obviously working for you. Yeah. Uh, but in uh, and, in and, uh, our office building where Jack and I work, um, this McDonald's pre-order, it is, it's it's going gangbusters for McDonald's, but so you basically yeah. have two lineups. Those who, like me, just str- straddle yeah. up to the counter and, and order and now wait. Or you have 15 or 20 people always waiting to have their pre-orders filled. Uh, yeah. So are you playing in that game too?
4: Yep. Actually, uh, we've launched the A&W app. Uh, it's uh, rolling out across the country. I think it should be uh, coming to a restaurant near you soon. Um, so you'll be able to go online and, and order your uh, favorite A&W meal. And um, unlike McDonald's, we'll actually uh, allow and track how soon are you going to be in the restaurant so the meal will be prepared for you rather than waiting until such time as you're in the restaurant before they start cooking.
1: Well, what percentage of revenue um, is coming through the delivery mechanism, shall I say, the, the, the Uber Eats uh, uh, and Grubhub in okay. the world?
4: It's growing. We tend not to share that, but uh, it's definitely a big growing piece uh, in a lot of markets.
1: Because I'm hearing from some people, like some I have friends of mine who own restaurants, and they're saying, as soon as we got these delivery services, our business went up like 30%. uh, Found money for them. Absolutely found money.
4: Well, it is. I mean, these are occasions that we otherwise wouldn't have. I mean, it it doesn't work as well... From a financial perspective, if it just means somebody's not walking in, but if they weren't going to come anyways, Correct. and now they're ordering, yeah. it's, uh, it's a great incremental business, for yeah. sure. No, so, so Don,
3: what I wanted to come back to, actually, as, as investors... Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, we own the company. We think it's small and nimble. They're doing, you're doing a lot of great things. Uh, same store sales was up 10% last quarter, which is amazing for a, a quick service and, restaurant.
4: And 9.8 last year, just to... But, but the <laughs> question I
3: have as an investor, yeah. just because it's a great company and a great yeah. stock, it's not always a great investment because price matters and your price has been moving up.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at
3: what point does it get too stretched that we should look at hitting the sell button?
4: Oh, I... I, I'm not a financial advisor. I'll leave, I'll leave it to the experts. You're funny, but you're a CFO.
1: Uh, but that's it. You guys, look, your, your revenue has gone from about $24 million to two in 2012 to yeah. approximately 40, $41 million in 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. So th- that's very, very impressive growth, I must say. The, the one point um, I would
3: make there, Wolf, is uh, the charts and the price do tend to follow the fundamentals. And right now, the mm-hmm. fundamentals continue to improve. So that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, sell your losers, not your winners. But that—that that is our challenge. We are looking at—we are looking at your stocks. Say, gee, is it time to hit the sell button? We got a pretty good position in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but yeah, I'm just sharing it with you. I'm entitled yeah. to do that, Don. Uh, look, uh, congratulations, Don, again on on continued success at A and W. It is a very, very iconic Canadian brand. I think we Canadians enjoy your brand and uh, continue to support your brand. Um, and don't forget about charitable giving, my good friend. Always tie that into your goodness that you do. Uh, if you're short on ideas, we don't think you guys are uh don leslie uh the cfo uh with a and w uh, joining us of course uh from vancouver is vancouver isn't it it is it is north vancouver, vancouver. Yeah. sunny right. north van perfect well you have yourself a great weekend thanks very uh much. you're very very welcome Uh, That's basically it for our show, good friends. Uh, Please, if you ever have any questions, uh, any ideas, any thoughts whatsoever, Jack and I are always here for you. You can visit our website, WolfgangKlein.com. We're very easy to find and very, very responsive to any of your financial questions that you may have. No question is too small. Uh, I want to wish all those mothers a wonderful uh, Mother Day weekend. In fact, we just give you the month. The month is yours, Mother's. Mother's Day month. Uh, take care of Mommy uh, for the month of May. I'm a May baby uh, as my wife is a May baby. Uh, and I will have to say happy Mother's Day to my beautiful wife, Kathleen, as well. Jack, you want to get a plug-in
3: for your wife? Sure, happy Happy Mother's Day, Kate, and can't wait to uh, share that Beyond Meat burger with
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Double cooked. <laughs> Will you have yourself a great weekend? Thank you for listening.